Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and today I want to talk to you on the subject of lawlessness. The Bible talks about it, calls it iniquity shall abound, but Jesus is referring to the word, and that is the word for lawlessness. We see it everywhere today. This is no respect for the law. It doesn't mean that people don't know we have a law. They just don't care to keep it, don't care at all. They break it on the right hand and on the left hand. There's sometimes a time we want to go home and pull the shades down and not even go outside. That's not should be our attitude. Let's go to the word of God today and find out what God has to say about lawlessness. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to take a look at verse 12 here coming up in just a moment. We're going to talk about the rise today we see everywhere around the world, especially even in our own country, of lawlessness. The Bible does warn about this will be one sign of the end of the age, and that will be the multiplied iniquity that we see everywhere around the world. And so again, as you're finding that, let me just read you a couple of notes here that have come in from uh, viewers. And this one... Um, this guy's anonymous, says, my first time hearing you, I just stumbled onto your YouTube channel and was tremendously blessed. I have to check out your books. You're teaching the word, emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. Yes, I am teaching the word. And uh, again, it's kind of like a dying breed, but uh, the word of God is out there. I like this about the word of God. I don't have to try to explain it. I can say some things about it, bring out the Greek and, and meanings of it in you know, previous verses and all that. But if I let the word speak for itself, I can be preaching to, teaching to thousands of people. The Holy Spirit can separate up thousands of ways and everyone hears something out of it. I don't want to just put my own interpretation on it. And I don't want to just have some thought for the day come out of it or just teaching for this time we're living in, although the, you know, the Bible is pretty much just any time period, and uh, God will bless it. So again, I thank you for sending that. This is from Clinton. And Clinton says, uh, this is some of the greatest teaching on biblical passages I've heard. I was just studying this passage, and now Pastor Bob brought out immense light on the subject, how thankful I am for this ministry. This is the most rich revelation I have ever heard yet. Well, hang around. There's some others that are teaching it too and uh, doing a very good job of it too. But uh, again, this is just my calling and I love to do it. I'm glad I'm hitting some targets out there. And I like to hear from people, not the fact I need to hear something just to pat myself on the back. I know what my gift is, my calling is. I like to hear it when it resonates inside of people. What I have to say can turn your life around. So this is the importance of the teaching of the word of God. And this is one reason we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Matthew chapter 24, let's find verse 12. Jesus here speaking of the last day and the day we're living in right now says, because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. And uh, some of your translations say will cool off, will harden, will turn cold. And uh, that's the meaning of the word wax cold. Wax is just an old English expression. And it does come from the wax that's on a candle. As long as that candle is lit, the wax on the top remains a liquid. If that uh, flame goes out, it turns hard. And the flame here that God is talking about, love, and he says, the love of many will wax cold or turn cold and be blown out, basically. It's not the fact you lose your salvation, the fact that you've lost your love for what's going on around you in the world. 
And so uh, your love for people and all that, you just, just go caught up by the iniquity. It's almost like you want to go inside your house, shut the door, uh, you know, let the blinds down, close it, and just stay there. In fact, I had a minister friend that's a good friend of mine wrote me, said, the days are getting so bad. He said, I feel like just going in there. And I said, well, the Bible warned about that. But here's the other part too. You were born for such a time as this. Quit getting all upset about it and screaming and yelling and want to close the uh, curtains and just, you know, pull in enough food for you and your family and just exist. That's not what God is wanting in these last days is for you to shut yourself off and not speak to people, not get out and, and spread the gospel. This is a great time for the gospel. In fact, let me tell you, not only were you born for such a time as this, the time that we're living in right now is a time of openness toward the gospel. Today should be one of the easiest days to preach the gospel because even liberals know something is wrong. They wanted more government intervention to take care of poor people. In other words, the, the motive is good, but the, the production of it is all wrong. It's not coming out like they want, and they don't want what we've got today. They just soon take a step backwards and let's let's rethink this whole thing. Well, the point of it is, if liberals are wanting to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're open to any answer that can be found, then praise God, God can do something. And you have the message. And so when it says here, the love of many will wax cold, he's referring to why you're put here. Your love toward God, your love toward people, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. This is the two great things that God has declared about love and marks you as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just a Christian, but a disciple, and disciples make the best witnesses. So again, we're living in the days prophesied by Jesus that the rule of law would no longer even matter. Who would have thought we'd have seen this verse this way? We've often read this verse because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And we've often said, well, you know, when your candle gets blown out, the wax starts and God wants us to be hot for him. Yes, he does. But if you'll read this verse, what's the background of it? Because lawlessness will abound. The Greek word here for iniquity is the word anomia, and it means lawlessness. Namos is the Greek word for law, but anomos means against the law, no law anti-law. So lawlessness will abound, and the Greek word here is for multiply. Literally, abounding today and multiplying so rapidly is lawlessness, where it's in the book, but people don't care if they're breaking the law. It says you're not supposed to break into businesses and steal things, but you know what they do? They don't care what the law says. They are lawless and doesn't care at all, and our streets are becoming filled with this today. The point of it is we have to come back to the one that created law for our sanity, for our way of life, so that we can exist between each other. It has to be natural laws around us, and that's what he's referring to here. Jesus was, says there's going to come a day when the laws on the books that are put there, first of all, to protect us, are going to mean nothing to anybody, and it says the love of many, because that will cool off or harden or turn cold. So again, we're living in that day. The book I'm offering on this is Understanding the End Times. In Matthew chapter 24 and chapter 25, I go verse by verse in this book of the day we're living in and the days to come. Matthew 24 starts out talking somewhat about the church age, but after that goes into the tribulation, which is yet to come, and then finally the millennial reign of Jesus, a thousand years on this earth, and I know you'll be blessed by the book. And the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of this for yourself. So let's take a look at this verse of scripture again. Matthew 24, verse 12 says, because iniquity or lawlessness will abound, 
the love of many will turn cold or harden or become cold. What this is saying is because this is happening around us, again, who'd have thought a few years ago, we'd be seeing pictures on the news of cities just turned upside down, major cities where you go on vacation, you love to go to the places like San Francisco, New York, places like that. And now you wouldn't even get close to those places because of the lawlessness that's going on there. And Jesus said, this is a sign of the end times where people are robbing and looting and killing people just to take something off of them. It reminds me of the story the word of God where the man fell among thieves and they beat him and stripped him and robbed him. They, they, they thought he was dead. It said they departed leaving him half dead. They thought he was totally dead. They didn't care. They would kill a person just to get the watch off of them, kill a person just to get the jewelry off of them. And we find that going on today in the streets. People care less about life than they do property. They just want their possessions. And so they'll kill them over it. So we're living in that day that was prophesied by Jesus. This word iniquity or lawlessness is better defined even in the word of God in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me read you 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's just read the first couple of verses. It says, this also, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy in verse 1, this also know that in the last days perilous times will come. This literally means, I mean that the worst of times, perilous here is beyond being bad. Your life is in peril. So many lives are in peril. And this also that in the last days perilous times will come. Here's the key to understanding lawlessness. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things that are good. The verse starts out in the last days, perilous times will come because men and women shall be lovers of their own selves. And that's what we see today. Sin is basically loving yourself more than anybody else. What's the key for walking as a disciple? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Then love your neighbor as yourself. And Philippians even goes on to a greater one, esteeming others better than yourself. There comes a point in the Christian walk where you start loving everybody else as much as you love yourself. Then there's a step even further where you would even give your life for those around you as Jesus did for us. So that's what this verse is referring to. We're talking about here back in Matthew chapter 24. And here we have again in that verse of scripture, verse 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. So we're living in the day prophesied by Jesus that the rule of law would no longer even matter. People will be disobedient to law, becoming a law unto themselves. Again, what Paul was saying in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is in these last days, perilous time will come because people will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. You think about this, watch the news sometime. Everything is about me. They treated me this way and I, I have my rights. And now we have magazines, self and others and, and, you know, myself, the magazines like that. But, you know, somebody said to me one day, they said, boy, it always missing now is a magazine called me. And uh, I got a letter not too long ago and somebody sent me a copy of it. There is a magazine called Me and they sent it to me just so, I, I mean, I mentioned it in a, in a sermon and somebody said, I know about that. So they went and got it to send it to me. And so there's even a magazine called Me. Everything is about me today. My rights, my this, my that, that's mine. And again, and instead of me trying to find out what will please you, you want everybody else to please you. So it comes back to it again. That's what we see today. Paul said people will be lovers of themselves instead of respecting the rights and the privacies of other people. 
institutions we've trusted in for direction in life. Think about this, rule of law, protection against iniquity, all of these around us are failing us each and every day. The schools that we used to look at for protection for our children are now trying to take our children away from us. And they're trying to take parents away. And so the school literally will own your children and teach whatever they want to. And the things they're teaching are not only anti-social, anti-just good common sense, but also anti-God. Uh, we depend on the police department. Today, the police departments have been so defunded what we run into is police can't even protect us. They want to protect us, but they can't do it. And there's so many rules attached to how they can arrest a person. Listen, it's you, the police department is now becoming harder to carry a, is the gun into the streets, but yet the criminals can have a gun and to protect ourselves. And even people are saying that I go in the streets and it's illegal for me to have a gun, but the, the, but the people out there with the guns are the criminals coming after me. I can't even have a gun to protect myself from a person who's illegally carrying a gun. Why don't they make it legal for a person for self-protection to have a gun? Well, the Bible's for it. In the Bible days, they had swords, they had knives, they had things like that. They didn't have guns, but they did have the fact that you could arm yourself and do that for protection. How about the courts today? The courts seem to lean toward people with money. And if you can pay your way out of it, you don't have to go to go to court. You don't even have to go to jail or anything, and you know, or else your time there is very, very short. We see that today. We can't depend on the court system. We talk about even the head of all the court systems, the DOJ, the Department of Justice. It's become so corrupt, we can't do anything today. It's because the laws have been changed or it's all caters to those that are that are actually the criminals out there. We're seeing that today. I'll see you immediately after the break. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Talking about institutions we've trusted for direction in life for years, we take a look at the ones for rules of law, protection against iniquity, and all of them are failing us today. We talked about schools, the police department, we talked about the courts, the, de uh, the Department of Justice, and the Catholic Church. We see so much corruption there. And this isn't saying every Catholic priest is corrupt, but you know what? We see more today than we've ever seen. Protestant churches, even independent Bible teaching churches, are having problems with ministers and they're becoming immoral. And we see it happening and more and more it's making the news. It's like the world delights in seeing Christians and especially Christian leaders turning away from the very principles that they teach. But you know what? It happened throughout the word of God, but Jesus hasn't fallen off the throne. My faith and trust is in him, in God the Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and so should yours today. In other words, the world is getting worse around us, but God hasn't changed one bit. If we keep our faith and trust in him and keep our candle bright, then we will not wax cold. We will not turn cold. We will not become hardened toward the things of God, shut the door on our house, and not even want to get out where the world is. We need to come back to the fact he's called us in this time period to keep doing the major thing he asked us to do, and that spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ministers, it seemed like, no longer fear God or his word. Instead, they fear political correctness. They fear what the press may say about them. They fear opposing public opinion. They fear losing their congregational members. It's easier to live for the Lord when it's popular. Have you ever noticed that? Well, it's not popular today like it used to be. And so people are afraid to live for the Lord because they fear so many things. Lawlessness is a complete reversal of right and wrong. Isaiah chapter 5 tells us in verse 20 and 21, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil that exchange darkness for light and light for darkness that exchange bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them who are wise in their own eyes. Here we come back to it again, self-centeredness and prudent in their own sight. This verse is identical to how we're living today. We quote it out of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 in the New Testament here in Isaiah chapter 5. We find out the same devil and the same thinking has always been here. And that's because Satan wants to become God himself and reverse everything to where all of a sudden, like we find here, darkness is light, bitter is sweet. And again, people becoming wise in their own eyes and they begin to think they can tell everybody else how to live their life. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Satan is righteous. God is unrighteous. I remember the Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil. And this was quoted in there of the way Satan thinks. What's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Every cop is a criminal. Every sinner is a saint. Second Timothy again. Let's quote that verse we came back in the beginning of this. And let's take a second look at it. Second Timothy chapter three. Let's take a look at verses one through five. We only talked very lightly about the opening couple of verses, but says this in second Timothy chapter three, verses one through five. Know this also that in the last days, the days we're living in, perilous times will come. In other words, your life is in danger. It's no longer just the fact they don't like what you say. They're going to come after you to shut you up. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Everything after this comes after this one phrase, lovers of their own selves. This is the definition of sin. I love me more than I love God. I love me 
more than I love anybody else. And God should love me more than anybody else. And everybody else around me should love me more than anybody else. They become covetous. They want what everybody else has. They don't want to work for it. They just as soon kill you to get it. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. This is, again, nat without natural affection is homosexuality, lesbianism, and all the things we see today, again, around the subject of sexuality. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good. Not only does a person have right and wrong and good and evil turned around, they despise those who are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. This one phrase right here is speaking to Christians because only a Christian can love pleasures more than they are lovers of God. They are a lover of God, but after a while, they don't come to church anymore. They're too busy driving their new car, riding in their boat, all these things, again, they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it from such turn. The verse of scripture simply saying, we're seeing more and more of that around us. Turn away from the ungodliness, turn toward the Lord, but don't quit preaching the gospel. This is what God wants us to do. God holds his ministers accountable. Israel actually reached the same point that we are before the birth of Jesus. And in uh, Hosea chapter four, verses one through nine, the people had turned away from God and his holiness. We're gonna find out the blame for it after this. And the blame goes back to the ministers who are no longer preaching it. Now, there's always been times when, when pastors and ministers are preaching the truth of God's word, but there's a segment that doesn't listen to them. That's included in this group right here. Hosea four, verses one through nine. And hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Here is the controversy as with the people. They don't have the word. Now, in this case, though, this particular section, it was being preached. They just don't go hear it. The next verse goes on to say, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out. In other words, there's no boundaries anymore because the law sets the boundary. They don't care about the law. They break right through it. And blood touches blood. This is violence breeds more violence. Therefore, will the land mourn? And everyone who dwells in it will languish with the beasts of the field, with the birds of heaven, even the fish of the sea also will be taken away. Yet let no man strive nor reprove another, for your people are as those who strive with the priest. In other words, they're arguing with the priesthood, but you know what? They're really arguing with God. In this case, in this time period, the priests were teaching the word of God. There was just a giant group of people that were not taking heed to it. Therefore, you will fall in the daytime, and the prophet also shall fall with you in the night. I will destroy your mother. This is the place of worship. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Notice this. It doesn't say there was no knowledge. The people didn't have the knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. That you may be no priest unto me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children as they were increased, so shall they sin against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people and they set their hearts on their iniquity and there shall be like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and reward them 
for their doings. Malachi chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 tells us the same thing, but here at the end of the Old Testament, the blame was placed on the priests for not teaching the word. In the verses before, we saw that the word was being taught and the people weren't taking heed to it. In Malachi, the ministers were not teaching it, therefore the blame goes back to them. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2, now you priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse on you and curse your blessings. I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. What was God saying here in these simple verses of scripture? The meaning of it goes right back to the fact it's up to the ministers, first of all, to preach and teach the word of God. What is our hope today? What are we looking for? Oh, well, I'm looking to God. Yes, that's important, but understand this. We need revival in our nation. Revival isn't something that just automatically drops out of heaven. It starts with the hunger of people. The problem of lawlessness has not changed, but neither has the answer. Revival begins with hearts who hunger to return to God. It doesn't start with a massive group of people. Revival has always begun with just a few. Revival begins with hearts who hunger to return to God, believers repenting, confessing their sin. This is what begins revival. Believers humbling themselves begin revival. Believers turning from sin, their wicked ways also begins revival and God will forgive their sins that he promises he'll heal their land. We're seeing right now in our own nation more and more of a hunger in the hearts of people to get back to just simple law abiding and looking to our laws and voting in good people. This is very important, but this is really a surface area. It comes back to unless we can change the hearts of people, these things will not last. Morality is wonderful, but what should back morality should be a close relationship with God himself because the real thing comes back to we don't need just morality. We need people who will live sinless because they care about their life before God more than they care about their life before people in a nation. So it says God will forgive their sins, then he will heal their land. We need in our nation for people to turn back to God, repent of our sins, and give ourselves to coming back to the Great Commission. The Great Commission has been given to all all of us. And in the day we're living, there's more and more need for preaching the simplicity of the gospel to a world. As I've said before at the beginning of this broadcast, there is a hunger today in our nation, even among people who don't claim to be religious, they're looking for answers because what they wanted, they've now got and found out this isn't what we wanted. We wanted, we weren't thinking things were going to get this, this out of bounds. We didn't think lawlessness would be around us everywhere. We still want law, but we want more and more. Maybe government help is what we need. No, honestly, what you need is to turn to God for help and churches for help. It's not up to the federal government to supply for everybody, but to protect us. That's the purpose of national law, state law, city law, right down to the precincts we live in. And God will forgive their sins. Then he promised again he would heal their land. Our only hope for lawlessness is God's intervention. It begins with hearts returning to prayer, to worship, to the word, and going back to church. We're seeing more and more Christians today not even go going to church. Our main weapon against Satan is prayer and using our spiritual authority over demons, principalities, powers. Also winning the lost, the Great Commission should be our first love. And this is what the Lord complained about in the book of Revelation with the Ephesian church. You've left your first love. It's a love for people to give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very first commission given before the day of Pentecost was this, 
go into all the world and preach the gospel. We need to pray for kings and all who have authority over us. Are we to play, pray for leaders? Yes. Do we pray for our president? Yes. But what do we pray for them? That number one, they'll be saved, and number two, come to the full knowledge of the truth, become disciples. It's simply the Great Commission. The Great Commission, we pray for people around us, for foreign countries. We should also be praying for our leadership of our nation. Not only should they be getting saved, but come to the full knowledge of the truth. What we need in government is no, not just uh, people that are converted. We need people who are disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan can outwit, and he can combat any natural answer we come up with, but he cannot combat prayer and the use of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we be the ones that say, Lord, if no one else turns to you, I will, and then let's see what will happen. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.